What up, homies? Welcome back to the Lifestyle Regulars podcast. Extra large opinions from regular sized dudes. It's coming up to the end of 2020, and I hope everyone has had a happy and safe Christmas. So as we reflect on 2020 and the many effects of coronavirus this year, COVID-19, one major limitation comes to mind, and that is traveling. So today's episode is all about traveling, and it's our Africa special. So I've invited all the boys from our 2019 Africa trip to share our experience and to speak to some of the challenges and hardships we endured on this crazy trip and probably share a whole bunch of uh, funny stories that didn't make it to that video. Go check it out if you haven't already. (laughs) Um, So with me, we have the familiar voices of Morgan. Present. Leo. Yes, sir. And Michael. Howdy. And we welcome Joseph and Kevin to the show. How are you, Joseph? Hello there. Doing well. And Kev. Hola. (laughs) Kev is having... um, Dinner at the moment. He's got a mad, just a big ass chili in one hand and uh, some dumplings in the other hand. But um, yeah, it's great to have everyone on the show. I think a bit of background for uh, our listeners. Joseph here is probably the most well-traveled person I, I know personally. Could you introduce yourself starting with the number of countries you've been to and why it's not on your, why it wasn't on your um, dating profile? <laughs> well, I did. I did mention that I love traveling on dating profile, but I think sixty-three would just be too much of a just a too much of a flex. Too much of a flex, exactly. And um, mm. I would just like to show my personality through my photos instead. So, yeah. Mm. Oh, Honestly, well I can't really count to sixty-three <laughs> with anything else. Yeah, can can you guys even name sixty three countries off the top of your head? I don't think I could. Probably not, eh? Can you name them, Joseph? <laughs> Pretty sure, like when I go back and try to recall all sixty three countries I've been to, I don't remember like ten, twenty of them anyway. So, yeah. what's the strangest country you've been to? Strangest country, probably Cuba. I'd say all the places is mm. just a whole different oh. lifestyle, different system. Just completely different to anything I'd ever imagined. They're like a time capsule from the 50s, basically. You're going back in time there. Really interesting place to go. I recommend. Mm. Oh, wow. Did you ride that pink car? Uh, like the Cadillacs and the uh, Corvettes. And yeah, we had a taxi, actually, which was a Cadillac. They're all Cadillacs there. And it's either with that the fins? You, yeah, with the fins and all like the basically really like sofa seats as all the seats inside space it's oh, just like, yeah yeah pretty like cool. 1970s american <laughs> exactly yeah cool and uh kevin he's also a pretty well seasoned traveler he was in europe on exchange and now he's in a different country of newcastle so <laughs> <laughs> all over the place yeah um so I guess I went on exchange um, about three years ago and sort of traveled a lot of uh, Europe and everything like that. And now you're in Newcastle doing pharmacy. Yeah. I think with um, career like pharmacy, you can sort of travel around a bit, especially um, around your home country, simply because like with healthcare and stuff like that, you're always needed in sort of like 
more rural areas and whatnot. Mm, fair enough. Yeah. All right, so let's get straight into it. Uh, we all went to Africa 2019 and the planning started pretty early. Um, I think, I don't know, I can't remember who whose idea it was first to go to Africa. It probably was Joseph's. I think there was some origin of it in high school because there was a guy who came in and had a speech about how he went to Kilimanjaro and how anyone could do it. And they were thinking of planning a trip for some, for like a school excursion, but then that never ended up happening. Do you guys remember that? <laughs> Wait, is that a Bolker? Yeah, yeah, like a Bolker. Oh, I don't remember that at all. I just got sold. This is an easy mountain to climb. By Richard, <laughs> I think <laughs> which was a lie. Came from when me and Michael did a trek to Mount Kosciuszko. I went to the peak there, and we're just like, "Hey, you know, we can do the seven peaks. Let's try, <laughs> you know, Kosciuszko. Okay, let's see what the next best thing is." The kind of just the idea was just born there, and um, yeah, the planning started. is Cosy part of the seven peaks. Clearly not. Depends on your definition. <laughs> Different. It is the tallest mountain on this continent, right? Well, in the Australian continent, Australian mainland, yes. But if you think about like the Australian Mount Cook, plate, it's yeah somewhere in New Zealand or no, it's, it's like somewhere in Papua New Guinea. It's in Papua, Papua New Guinea, right? right. Yeah. Mm. Some, I watched so many videos of all the people going onto Seven Peaks, and this one in Papua New Guinea, you have to actually walk across like a tightrope. You're holding on to two wires by hands and you're walking on one wire. And so it's around 50 meters that you have to walk. Not 50 meters, maybe 20 meters. And uh, that's the last bit before you get to the peak. Pretty creepy. Check yeah, it out. so I think seeing the challenges of Makes- all the other peaks, we all decided, yeah, let's do Kilimanjaro. <laughs> <laughs> and also that, that song, um, Africa by Toto. That was a big inspiration, I think. What's the lyric again? Serengeti. Rises like Olympus above the Serengeti. Oh, yeah. Yes. Kilimanjaro. Kilimanjaro rises, yeah. So that ultimately became our, um, our, our the, the song in the video. But uh, yeah, we. I think personally I wanted to go somewhere different. I don't like going to the same country twice. And Africa just seems so fun. Like I like Lion King back in the when I was a kid. I wanted to... Uh, see all the animals and from a sustainability point of view as well um yeah it's good to see like things that are natural i was also sold on one other thing which was the um wildebeest crossing so joseph was telling me about the wildebeest crossing in in Tanz- uh, tanzania and um kenya when they go f- across the is that river court again what river was it? i think some river no or was it uh well, okay, whatever river it is, but uh, <laughs> you always see it on like nature videos with David Attenborough, and uh, it's just the, um, an amazing sight. Is that the Mara River? Yes, it. That's it. Yes, that's Mara. right. The Maasai Mara. Hey, mm. good memory. So, yeah, um, I think ultimately we formed a group of six here, and uh, we all decided to climb that climb that mountain, right? see it yeah and some of us didn't know each other that well or even at all before we decided to do this like leo i i I had no idea who you were before we yeah and this likewise let's do this shit i accidentally pulled him along (laughs) (laughs) yeah 
And I appreciate that because, yeah, like, wouldn't have known most of you guys if not for that case. Uh, I knew Morgs quite well from university. Didn't really know Richard too well. I think I met you through Morgs as well, but yeah. I was only starting to get to know you. Didn't know Joseph even existed. Kevin Ma, <laughs> I knew your sister existed, but <laughs> I only found out later. <laughs> I only found out later that your sister was. <laughs> well, I went to uni um, and was one year above us, Morgs. Yeah, so that was a shock. As I, well. I didn't know that that was Kevin's sister, and I know Kevin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what? Oh gosh, so secretive. We. Yeah, I guess um, probably didn't know each other as well. But then after the trip, we did um, start to know each other a lot. Mm. Always a shared experience. You just grow closer. Yeah. yeah. We'll talk about that a bit later. But um, the, the trip was actually split into like three. I, I split into three phases because um, we didn't all go for the whole entirety of the trip together. So in the first phase, it was literally, it was actually um, Joseph's family and the three of us, Morgan, Leo, and myself. So we're kind of like hitch, hitching a ride on uh, Joseph's uh, family Big holiday. <laughs> and they planned literally everything. And we just like, hell yeah. <laughs> we copy and paste back. the itinerary, mate. <laughs> Not even, we just like grabbed onto their coattails. Yeah. <laughs> just sat back and just let them do their thing, which was really good. I'm I'm pretty uh pretty happy with that how that turned out. But um no no Joseph, what do you think from your from your family's perspective? I think there was like some concerns you 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 had initially. Um I think if anything, um it was probably my parents just like not sure of how the dynamic would be and how you guys would fit into the group as well. And I guess they didn't know about your experience traveling previously as well, because, you know, Africa is not like your place that you go when you like don't plan or you're not like traveled. Well, I'd say it's not one of the first things, worst places you go to, I'd say. So you need to have that sort of travel sense. You need to um, be comfortable in like environments where, you have absolutely no idea what's going on, no idea of the language or the culture. So I guess um, how you guys would react to culture shock is probably one of the biggest things my parents were concerned with. But you guys did amazing well, you know, incorporated you guys into our plan, our itinerary. And, um, yeah, it was heaps of fun. And the world went off without a hitch. Like no one got lost, no one got injured. Everyone stayed to the plan. Everyone crossed all the borders, weren't deported, weren't detained, no Ebola. Yeah. <laughs> Yellow fever. Yellow fever, yeah. <laughs> Dengue fever, Richard Deng. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, were they, did they say anything about like something memorable from the trip um, with us? Like, was there anything that they said that was a highlight for them? I, I would say. Um, you guys definitely brought the social aspect that my family doesn't normally bring on trips. So when we go on trips, um, we don't normally talk to the drivers as much. We don't normally talk to the locals, I'd say, as much as you guys did. So we got to experience a lot more of the culture with you guys around um, than we had previously in other places like 
South America or India or Asia, for instance. So it was really good to have you guys around just to break down that barrier and be really interested in knowing the locals and knowing the language as well and getting to know our drivers and people. So I think without you guys, we wouldn't have had that experience. So yeah, kudos to you. Damn, so awesome. So when they plan in the next trip? As exactly, thing, that's um, what I was going to ask. <laughs> I mean, I was meant to be on a trip right now in Tasmania, but there you go. Mm. COVID. Do you guys have any funny yeah. stories from that from that part of the trip? Because this was the first, uh, what was it, like 10 days? Yeah. Or more. This was more. This was more was the first mm. two weeks. Two weeks. Yeah. So we did South Africa. We did Zimbabwe. We did Zambia. We did... Uh, Botswana. Kenya, Botswana, and we did the early parts of Tanzania. So we did the safari stuff, we did the Victoria Falls stuff, and we did Cape Town stuff all together. Mm. Which one was your favorite? Cape Town gave me like luxury Sydney vibes, if that makes sense. Like not in terms of the, I guess, the people, the economy, but more around like the landscape. And it did remind me of a very like Western city. Um, yeah. But that, that wouldn't definitely wouldn't be the favorite part of the trip. Except that I almost lost my underwear. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> so that was in Cape Town, right? It was in Cape Town. Pretty sure. That wasn't the that first night, place. I think was, yeah, that, that was our first night in Africa, right? Wait, why the hell was I doing washing? I don't know. It was already, night. yeah, like the first night. <laughs> no, that doesn't make any sense. But sure. no, no, that doesn't make any sense. Bring dirty underwear with me to trips. No, that doesn't make any sense. Any, uh, you hung the dirty underwear, sorry, no, the clean underwear that you just washed on the the railing. Um, yeah. That overlook, that overlooked the city. So it's basically like the side of the apartment. We were on like it must not have been... Something. Weren't we? We were pretty high up. There were two. Yeah, it was pretty yeah. high. I say it was like at least fifteen floors. Yeah. No, that definitely wasn't the first place we stayed there. It was. No way. Okay, why, so would I, why, why was I washing underwear? <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. It takes okay. It takes around twenty hours just to get to South Africa. If you remember, we had to we had to go to yeah, it was a few uh, Dubai, and then transit into a flight to uh, Cape Town. So yeah, it's yeah. a long time on the plane and you're wearing the same clothes because you don't have showers. We didn't have a shower for those. Oh. And no, it was because next was enough was enough so that as soon as we arrived, we went straight into an activity, which was to climb mm. Table Mountain. Mm. And it was a super long, probably we'll probably just up for like 40 hours in, in total. Yeah. I and think so. um, yeah, it's probably led to that. But that night was super drama. Like, it was full of drama as well. I remember dropping mm. a glass. Remember that, oh, Leo? I dropped a yes. glass. <laughs> oh, yeah. God. Did you, so, so, Morgs, you were... So actually, we were all absolutely gonski. Hammered. Um, yeah. And yeah. And I think some of us had showered at that point. And Morgs... I was waiting to shower. You, you were fast asleep, though. You were like in the room, gone. <laughs> um, and I think... I don't know who showered first, but whatever. Um, and... Richard, you dropped a, a glass on the ground and shattered. And I was like, holy schmother of God, like what the fuck, right? Fucking and everywhere, bro. Went everywhere, into into the room, into the, the, the floor, like into parts of your room as well, Morgs. And 
um, we were like, okay, how to fuck to clean this up, right? Um, and <laughs> I came up with this this idea to uh, to use some leftover bread that we had from I, I don't know where we got it. It was probably a bakery or somewhere in Africa. And no, it was it was from lunch or something? I remember. Uh, from lunch. Yeah, yeah. So we pulled it apart and just like pushed it against the glass on the ground, so it will pick it up in the, sponge. In the stickiness, the sponge. <laughs> Mate, that was high IQ play, don't you reckon? That's, what, that's <laughs> where high IQ was born. Like we just kept yeah. saying high IQ. Yeah. <laughs> Did it work well? The bread. Yeah, yeah, surprisingly well. I mean, we didn't have when like, I woke up, I couldn't see glass. any vacuum cleaner, so we had to use something. Yeah. And because this was the first night and we had already established that me and Morgan were the snorers, uh, snorers <laughs> of, the of the whole, of the group. So in preparation, <laughs> in preparation, me and Morgan would be in the same room and then Leo would be in, in his, in his own room. Um, and we'll, yeah, and we'll come back to this later because on the mountain, uh, another noise was heard. <laughs> oh, yeah. Things changed. Anything else, Joseph, from that first part, phase one? That was pretty funny. I would say that on that first night as well, our tour guide, we basically gave him an itinerary that normally goes over five days and chucked it all into one day. So we hit like maybe 10, 15 attractions in one day. And I think it got to the point where at the evening we wanted to see the sunset and we saw this amazing sunset above the clouds. Mm. Like it was magical above the city. And basically I overheard the driver having to cancel. I think it was a date or it was like some sort of thing that he wanted to go to and he was apologizing, but he did it just for us. And I thought that's an amazing service. Like, yeah, I felt bad for him missing his date or whatever he had to go to. But yeah, I just it goes to show, you know, South African people, they go out of their way for their guests. Yeah, it was literally one one road up and one road down. So that's why there was so much traffic on the way down. Everyone's up there for sunset and then yeah, it's just chalk block. And I remember paying like you guys tipped him, Joseph, and then we tipped him again. So I think he probably got like a hundred dollars worth of tips, which is yeah, a lot yeah. of money. Was it a hundred each? No, I remember we gave a hundred, didn't we? No, we didn't. We gave like twenty bucks each. They were cheap tickets, man. Come on. <laughs> 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 we just started the trip. Can't give a hundred away. <laughs> That's true. The other thing I started to notice was that African people had some hilarious names. So the, that first guy, uh, going back to that underpants story where where the underpants fell off our balcony, what had to happen was it didn't actually fall from the top floor onto the ground like that you could have just been a pedestrian to pick it up right it landed on like a platform where it was level one probably no that's fourth floor people, i remember this fourth, <laughs> fourth floor. <laughs> so if you're on the fourth floor your balcony would lead onto this roof and you could actually just walk into the roof to pick up all these things that people lost <laughs> yeah. and there were two items that the, the, okay so the under, underwear we didn't really care but then I think Leo was just looking down at the underwear, trying to look, trying to spot it out. Yeah, <laughs> and he had glasses on, maybe on his um, when you put uh, yeah. it to your shirt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And these were really special glasses to to Leo, and I, I, I had no idea um, at the time. But uh, yeah, so these special glasses 
maybe you can talk to this Leo. Yeah, so um, basically they're my glasses from my my father who's passed, and um, I took it on the trip because it's quite light, it's polarized and all good. Um, didn't really think about it at all um, in terms of like you know if I'll lose or anything, but um, yeah. So when I when you actually fell off um, into the same area as Morg's undies. <laughs> I just couldn't, I just couldn't deal. Like I was like, Oh shit. Right. Like I, I can't lose that. Like it's, it's something that my father's, um, it's from my father basically. So let's do something about it. Um, basically what we did was we called the reception, I think. Yeah. I, um, I have his name right here. Mm-duzi. What is his name? <laughs> Sorry, Mm-duzi. Mm-duzi. this guy. Yes. <laughs> 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 and he would knock into the door the m dog like this couple right what yes it? yes it was a couple the the guy came out um and there was this chick in the back on the sofa and i distinctly do remember she was not bad <laughs> were you there with me richard i didn't go down Oh, it was just me. No, I was down with you, but I didn't go into the apartment, so I didn't see anything. Ah, missed out. Hey, should have just gone in and said, I need my undies. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, jumped over the the railing, the balcony, and there were so many other things on the ground. Like, there was like, there were other undies, there were, there were other, I think like coins and all that, just, just people had dropped from the balcony. But I found your undies um, and I found my sonny's. Luckily, we got out on skates. That was, that was an episode. Um, the other time where names were pretty interesting was when we were at Victoria Falls. And this is on Zimbabwe. or No, Zambia. Zambia side. So, Victoria Falls splits Zimbabwe and Zambia. And we we're going on the Devil's Pool uh, tour where they take you out to the pool that is on the, the cliff face of Victoria Falls. The driver of the boat, if you remember the guy's name, was like the most was the most epic name oh, uh, that became our, or something. Yes, no, 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 no. That became our um, no. that became our band name for our group. Oh, every time you take a photo in Africa <laughs> with more than two people, it turns into a uh, boy band group photo. And this guy who commanded this boat, his name was. Um, Alpha Omega. Alpha Omega, the Zambian dude who just had these mad dreadlocks. Uh, just a, just an awesome guy uh, taking us out to the devil's pool. It was so, um, so romantic. And the guy who would actually hold our legs when we were suspended in the air or suspended in the water, his name was Fortune. So... <laughs> On top of Very Mduzi, Mduzi, Alpha Omega, and Fortune, we just knew that like every African guy just had an amazing name. So, yeah, and ultimately our our boy band name for our group photos just became Alpha Omega. We should make yeah. this podcast cover one of those album photos. I've got them all. <laughs> um, yeah, anything else from... <clears throat> Oh, uh, Safari. Do you guys remember our, our driver? <laughs> Which one? Which one? <laughs> Peter? Our one. Oh, two. Huh? Peter or what's the Edwin? Other, what's your one? Edwin. Edwin? 
Oh, Edwin. There was, there was um, Edwin and the young guy. What's the young guy's name? Fudge. Luca. Luca. Oh, yeah, Luca. Yes. Yeah, Luca yeah. Magic. And then there was Peter and the other guy, George. George, that's George? it. Yeah, yeah George, yeah. There, there was one time where we saw some lines and maybe this was, uh, okay, I was going to say our driver for Kenya was absolute shit. Are you talking about the Nairobi one? No, I didn't mind him, man. Kenya. I thought he was the, the bird watching Peter. Yeah, the bird, bird, bird watching. watching Peter. Yeah. He just always arrived late at all the uh, order sites for safari. Yeah. Well, and he would he would just be a follower. He'd never be he would yeah. never be one of those ones who would like seek out the animals, you know. Um yeah. anyway, there was one time where we saw this like really unique cat. If you remember that this yeah. really unique cat, oh. it's not yeah. one of the big big cats. But it was like a rare, a rare one. Savannah. What were they called again? I don't know. Some savannah cat. Yes, yeah, savannah. But cats. it would, it yeah. dodged into a bush, right? And <laughs> what <people> would, <laughs> it, literally, <laughs> it literally drove right over the bush, <laughs> into the bush where the cat was. Yeah, like rolling around like five or six times, just All like right. <laughs> rolling over a dead body. You know what I mean? <laughs> and the cat would—I don't know where the cat went. Honestly, it was a pretty big cat, so I thought it, it was not dead for sure. There's no way it was dead, but you know, it just kept no. rolling around inside the yeah. bush where the cat would disappear into. Yeah, and um, pretty sure this, this was illegal. <laughs> yeah, he's not supposed to go off track in 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 safari, but. Uh, some of the better drivers, like yeah, more risky, mm. would like take you out. Like Edward, he was good. Remember when we oh, saw yeah. the leopard in the tree? Yeah. Oh man, that was nah. Good. I think a bit of context for the listeners as well. Like in Safari, even though when you see all the photos, it looks very like isolated. Every single time <laughs> there's like a cat, like a lion spotted, there's like a queue Traffic. of like four by four truck. It's just like parked on the side, like 11, 12, 13 of them waiting to take a, a picture. It's also pretty funny when they move as well. Basically, if they're like moving on a road, if they're walking on a road per, per se, there'll be cars coming from every direction, just like harrowing them in because they can't escape anymore. So that <laughs> everyone can get their photo. It's pretty crazy. And the just thing imagine is, being one of those cats. Oh, yeah. <laughs> another another day in office. <laughs> and the thing is, like your drivers as well. Going back to that, um, the more riskier ones would go off road, which is the safari is technically illegal. And there's ranges that are there to make sure that you stay on path and that you're following the rules. And one of the times that I think Peter went off road to go, I think it was see a lion or a leopard. Basically, the Rangers mistook um, your car, Richard Morgan Leo, for our car. So the Rangers came up to us and with their like rifles and their like um, yeah, like army attire, and was like, "Hey, you know, um, you're gonna have to exit the park. You've broken the law. You know, we're gonna have to speak to your um, what's it? Your manager, managers, and we'll need your passports, etc." And I thought that was it. Like, I'm gonna deport it right there and then. But um, thankfully, I did have some GoPro footage of our car staying on track. So just in case they had... You had a dash cam. Basically, <laughs> a dash cam ready to go. 
But um, yeah, I didn't want to mess with any African officials, you know, just let the driver do it. And thankfully, he talked us out of that ordeal. But yeah, that was pretty scary stuff. Wow. Yeah. Gosh. I didn't, I didn't know you guys took one for the team. <laughs> I think it was just in case of mistake. Peter, bro. <laughs> yeah, another example of how Peter's shit. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing else. We should get onto the the main attraction because I noticed that Michael and Kev have been pretty quiet because they weren't part of this first phase of the trip. They joined us in Tanzania. Um, we actually picked up Kev on the side of the road. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yes, yes, we did. oh, that was epic. It was such a relief to see some him. Asian dude <laughs> just standing in the corner of the road. Yeah, I, oh I, I was dropped off there for about. Um, Half an hour to an hour. I, yeah, I remember. Yeah. <laughs> it was the craziest sight, like some guy in a beard. <laughs> and um, beard. there wasn't there wasn't a lot of communication when I um, got off the plane, so I had no idea what was really happening. And uh, Did, was there someone holding up a sign saying like Kevin Ma at the airport? Um, yeah, they, there was. Yeah, and the, that was the driver who picked me up. I think you mentioned Innocent. I think that was his name. Yeah, Innocent. Yeah. yeah. Innocent. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, yeah, he basically just drove out of the airport. Um, this was about half an hour as well out to that area where I was picked up and sort of just said, oh, we are waiting for your friends here. <laughs> That's what he said. <laughs> and that, that area that you were picked it. up. Yeah. That area was a pretty dodgy area. And it was, it was like literally a roundabout yeah. or something. Yeah. Yeah. And there was just like, was, there was a fair bit of things going on. Like there was kids <laughs> walking around. There were probably, I've never seen an Asian before. Yeah. And probably <laughs> that as well. So I was like a little bit on edge. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, the driver sort of assured me that you guys were coming and yeah, and we did come, <laughs> and we did come, and uh, we drove out to the uh, the hotel where Michael was waiting for us. You arrived like a day earlier, didn't you? Yeah, a day earlier, and the reason why was that was the only flight I could get out that would also stop in Singapore because I just wanted to like stop in another country on our way on my way to Africa. So just spent a night by myself <laughs> in the hotel with nothing to do. But that was also the night we met our three guides, our three guides for the um, for the climb. And the way it yeah. works in Kilimanjaro is you have uh, one guide per two people, like two climbers, and then you have an army of um, porters who carry your stuff. So I think there was probably a for for six of us. There was like 20 other porters carrying stuff for us. And um, <clears throat> anyway, we didn't meet those 20 until the actual day, but we met these three. And I don't know, what are your impressions, guys? Uh, the leader. He looks like Snoop Dogg. Yeah, I was, I was saying he looks like Snoop Dogg. I instantly thought that. <laughs> With his beret. It, it's not just looks like, looks like ad sounds like Snoop Dogg. <laughs> yeah. And dresses slowly. like Snoop Dogg. Similar interests. 
<laughs> do we know that though? Do we know that in the? In I had a hunch. Life? Yeah, I, I, I think you can make an educated you. guess. <laughs> <laughs> His eyes were like half closed already. Yeah, he looks sleepy. That I do remember. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, did they shout us the booze, or did we shout them the booze? Uh, we paid, I think. Yeah, I, I think, think we paid, paid right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Because then they paid the next day, so it was like a role reversal. Uh, yeah. Ah, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. They yeah. took us to that. Um, the it looked a bit dodgy. Out of town, like a yeah. bar. Yeah, mm. they had like a lot of Coca Cola signs. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, I do remember that. Civilization sponsored by Coke. <laughs> Capitalism. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, pretty much that night, like we had to pack all our bags, and we left most of the stuff on the actual bus or the little van, <clears> and we <throat> packed our day packs and these like green bags that they carry. Up, the porters would carry up for us. So we were actually wait. pretty light. Um, you know, like at the hotel. I distinctly remember the. I think it was when we had dinner. There was someone. Was there someone behind us when we were having dinner? Or was that breakfast? There was like a. There was like a few like white people. Basically, there were. Oh, that was breakfast, right? Oh, okay. They already climbed Killy, I think. And I remember one of those guys had um a kind of like a bandage around a finger or something. Was it the finger or like the leg? And I heard like just through the conversations that he had um frostbite. Mm-hmm. And that's when I just, just, yeah, that's when I like um, really felt a bit of a sense of fear about what we're about to get into. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I remember this. Yeah. I, oh. I had no fear going in. I thought we were always going to be fine. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, this is just a hike. I was in the safe hands of Snoop Dogg at the time. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, there's no way things could go wrong. Nah, my, my bro Mumbo number five got me. <laughs> Ellie Safi, bro. Ellie Safi, he's the man. That's true. Has two wives, and it was really open about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's part of the culture, man. Yeah, he was surprised that we had like one girlfriend. Monogamy. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he was like, no way. <laughs> <laughs> I, was like, I couldn't live in a world like that. <laughs> yeah. Bro, don't shit me, bro. It's like, yeah, nah. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, didn't he share with us his, like, wife schedule? Like, what days he went to which? I th- I'm pretty sure he yeah, did. He, I think he did, he did, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That was pretty shocking. Yeah. Well set up. Bit of culture shock. in different cities or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, it was. Yeah. That was his tip. Like, if you ever have two, make sure they're far enough. <laughs> <laughs> make sure they don't see each other. <laughs> exactly. I think the most prepared for the trip was Michael in this whole expedition. Why was that? Oh, well, let's uh, like talk about the preparation because we said we would train for it, right? And we went on maybe like three hikes in the past. I'm going to say four. Four <laughs> hikes. All of them yeah. were like under 10 kilometers. <laughs> <laughs> we had no Our training was pretty altitude. Like we had... No, I mean, in Australia, we didn't have any altitude, yeah. And we're going yeah. three times that here, so in that regard, he had nothing but distance. What we did do some altitude, like I went skiing twice that year just before the 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, broke leg. and I broke my knee, yes. On yes. your last run. Yep. Isn't that anti-preparation? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was so worried because I was like, oh, shit. I've never hurt my knee like this. Am I still going to be able to climb? And my physio was like, yeah, you're all good. Uh, just, you know, rest it for a month. And I'm like, I really only have two weeks. He's like, yeah, you'll be fine. And he was fine. Yeah. He was, yeah. Mostly. Mm. But our preparation was minimal. And uh, our gear, like we, we, we spent a lot of gear, like Michael mostly with your Arcterics <laughs> and all your stuff. <laughs> yeah. But we all end up getting Osprey packed. Um, <clears throat> Osprey was the was our pretty much our sponsor for this whole thing. And what else do we need? Um, Solid I remember head torches. And then Leo and I had this long exploration for gloves and liners. Oh, yeah. And then he got like a really good deal. I remember. I think it was at Columbia. It was, it was yeah. really good. There's a lining and also um, the glove that you can um, use mobile phones with. Touch yeah. Screen. Yeah, the touch screen one. Yeah. Um, but I was getting ready with like filming gear. I was I, had, I bought a gimbal for this trip. And oh, I was gonna, Have you used it since? I haven't used it since. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I used it this year. I used it this year in Bali. Yeah, but that was about it. Um, but yeah, I haven't used it since. But it was worth it. I think it was a it was a good tool for the for the trip, and I got to claim TRS on my way out, so that's ten percent saving. <laughs> there we Did go. you bring the gimbal onto the mountain? Yeah, bro. Yeah, dude, that was like what you did. Yeah, for the most part, we were carrying it the whole yeah, way. The whole way. Oh yeah, shit. He was. Safi was a beast. He was just a goat with that camera. Okay. He yeah. was a mountain goat. Like he'd, he'd <laughs> shoot us, like shoot some video of us from behind. And then five seconds later, he's shooting us from ahead of us. Like, <laughs> yeah. he was a ninja. <laughs> what else? Oh, on the trip, we actually paid extra for a portable toilet. So then we wouldn't have to shit in the public toilets. And um, good investment. That was a really. Good investment, yeah. Because mm. even I though it was pretty it. ghetto, it was it was a it was a bit of. Price. We knew what bums had touched it, like it was one of our six bums. <laughs> yeah, that, like that was good. Flash, uh, flush sort of thing, like oh, the water, and it still kind of flush did a flushing thing. It never smelled really bad, which was good. Uh, uh, pretty sure we all experienced this. Like late at night, we had to take a dump or. Yeah, piss right. Um, go out into the cold, like rip open your tent, go out into the cold, go into the the the, the shelter, the toilet tent, like the toilet shelter, and after you're done, you have to pump the water in. So you press the button, pump it, pump it, pump it a few times until it fills up, and then what you got, what you got to do is you got to pull tray. this pull this tray out so that the water splashes to the bottom, and then you got to close it very quickly with the, with the shit. Yeah, exactly. Into into the puddle, right? But I didn't close it quickly enough a few times, and I was still sitting down because I didn't want to get up. I was just like, I'll do it quickly, and it fucking splashed back onto my ass. <laughs> 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 it just happened like twice. I surely you guys had the same experience. I don't think I ever flushed the toilet. Oh. I don't flush yeah. while sitting. What the heck? No. Yeah, I just I, I was sitting. <laughs> oh, you no, up. you do the courtesy flush. 
but you don't need to pump water. You just open the tray and let the shit drop, and then close it instead of pumping. It. The, the tray still has shit on it. Then no. <laughs> so while so while you're taking a dump, right mid dump, you know you might have accidentally filled the bowl, so you let you open it up, let some of it down, close it again, then resume your shit, and you only flush after you're done with the shit. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> So I didn't actually know the strategy. Uh, uh. (laughs) We never actually talked about it on the thing. Yeah. Assumed everyone knew how to shit, right? (laughs) (laughs) And flush. It's a mechanical toilet. It was great. The food was was great, which like which led us to take some pretty awesome shits. Like that whole trip, I was pretty clean. Like my shits were very so regular. Oh, Mm. I agree. Kudos to the stomach engineers. Yes, yeah. the stomach engineer. <gasps> Explain what that is. They engineer Sorry. food for your stomach. <laughs> <laughs> kind of hard to explain. It's basically a, a glorified yeah. chef. Yeah, yeah. It's literally just another word for a chef. But um, we had lots of good meals. Like, I remember just having like KFC. Hmm. KFC. No, I, th- I think the oh, stomach engineer on the first night. Mm. Yeah. Oh, I remember that. There was chips, there was pancakes, pasta, eggs, pasta, cucumber soup. Yeah. Very well fed. Yeah, there was a lot of potato in the last few days. Don't you remember we asked them this? Like they gave us fried chicken on like day four and we're like, (laughs) how the hell did you like get that chicken up here, did you like bring a live chicken with you, or did you like? <laughs> do you remember what they responded with? I don't remember. No, they were like, "Oh, it's so cold that like it's basically a fridge, so they just bring the chicken, and then like it doesn't go off." But we knew that wasn't the actual answer. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> do you guys actually know how they did? No. Did it? They went down. No. Yeah. So on, from day four onwards. They have these express couriers oh, yeah. that like right. go down the down path and run back up to deliver supplies. Yeah, man. Never be a porter. The, the, but the days were pretty relaxed, honestly. Um, like you just wake up, I don't know, seven o'clock in the morning. And because you sleep early as, t- as well, you like waking up at seven or six is pretty normal. And you have breakfast. Pack up your shit in your tent. Um, they pack up the tent for you and your bag. Put it on your day pack. They fill up your water for you. They also fill up like a warm water uh, tray for you to wash your face. It's literally almost like a hotel service, but in the tent. And then after that, mm. you go on your hike. And we only hike like f- normally four or five hours a day tops. And then we're generally there a bit after like midday. Yeah. Mm. We never really got there yeah. in the late afternoons ever. Mm. So, yeah. except for the first night, uh, probably. No, my and my biggest surprise. Don't you remember when we went up to that like little peak? It was like midday, and then they fucking had this whole tent set up and was cooking lunch for us. And I was like, "What the fuck?" Like it's halfway through our hike, and they set up a kitchen just to cook us like fried chicken and shit. <laughs> Yeah, that was and I was like, I would have been content with a sandwich. Yeah, yeah. 
wasn't really expecting that because I remember watching videos um, prior and all the Kilimanjaro videos had like just mush for their meals. <laughs> so <laughs> fried chicken was really good. A lot more gruel, a lot more like grey prison gruel sort of thing. So, <laughs> yeah. so the food was outstanding from our company. Yeah. Should we do a plug for our company? Yeah, mate. Uh, yeah. Papote. Was it Papote? Yeah, Papote. Yeah, Papote. Yeah. They were very good. Oh, he's wearing a shirt. <laughs> oh, hey. Wait, who? No. <laughs> that shirt. We should have all worn the shirt. There's a story to that shirt, actually. Oh, my yeah. gosh. Yeah, yeah so our, our trip was very smooth sailing. Like, the whole mountain climb was very smooth sailing. Mm. Was there anything that uh, was... I gotta say, I remember like you know how we talk about sleep, just as like sleeping early, right? Like, I felt like every night, even though we slept early, the quality was pretty shit. Like the high we went, especially, yeah. And I see like Joseph laughing there because I feel like his sleep quality was even worse. <laughs> yeah, he had it especially rough compared to all of us. So yeah. I, I, on a, personally, I sleep. I can sleep anywhere, and. Um, mm. It's uh, everyone to feel the effects of my sleep because I'm a serial snorer and so is Morgan. So we were put into a tent together. So then we were isolated. Yeah, further away. Your tent was the one that was further away. (laughs) Yeah. So there'll be three tents, two per person, and me and Morgan will be on the furthest away. In the middle would be um, Joseph and Leo. uh, Leo. And then on the right would be Michael and Kevin. But uh, in the middle of the night, um, a third sound was heard. Yeah, so, so me and Kevin could hear snoring and we thought it was really weird that we could hear snoring from two tents away. Like we knew Morgan and Richard were pretty loud snorers, but it was... Uh, how would you describe it, Kevin? <laughs> I would say it was louder than we thought it should have been. <laughs> <laughs> And how and would you third, describe the sound, Joseph? <laughs> well, <laughs> if I go back to the safari, there was one night that uh, we were woken up by lions, basically just like oh. growling. And I, oh, I do the remember, same yeah. thing on the mountain, but I just didn't know where it was coming from. And <laughs> lo and behold, <laughs> <laughs> right next there was actually a lion. So, yeah, it was a bit of a struggle to sleep on some nights. Yeah. Especially that now, last I, night. The best, the best part, though, was every morning, everyone would be awake in the tent eating breakfast before Leo and we'd all be talking about how Leo was the loudest snorer and then he'd come in and be like, oh yeah, I heard the snoring last night too. Richard Morgan, these guys, they're just, man, they snore so loud. <laughs> Leo had no idea. Like, yeah, I had absolutely no idea. Oh, I only heard it after you remember? Trip, actually. Yeah. Oh, because Joseph was too nice for the trip so he was I- like, Ooh, keep quiet. Me, mate. <laughs> it was one of those things where it's like, you know, team morale. And we only just met each other to climb the mountain. We had to do it as a team. So I just just bore it. Took one for the team. So everyone could, you know, have a good team morale. And I knew that the first couple of days, 
as well. You had some problems with altitude a little bit, Leo, like coming back to oxygen. Like you had some headaches, like three, yeah, the, day three, four. Oh, yeah. So the migraine lasted the whole time. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> there you go. And yeah, you didn't need this on Shoot. your conscious either. So. <laughs> Oh, appreciate it. It's too nice. Speaking of which, the altitude. Um, Morgan and Joseph were taking Dymox, right? Mm. Uh, from the very beginning. And I think I only took one on the last night, on the on the peak, mm. on the summit day. Um, but everyone else, uh, did you take any, Leo? I took it on the fifth day. Okay, the peak. Oh, the, the one before the peak. The one yeah, before, the before the peak. Because yeah. didn't your headaches get really bad? Yeah, I think I think Richard, you had a very bad headache as well at one point. Yeah, like, I had a really yeah, bad day headache. four. Day four, yeah. yeah. One of the acclimatation hikes, I was struggling. No, it was the it's one where we hit 4,600. Yeah. It was, that the, was the acclimatization like, yeah, one. The tower. Was it Lava Tower? Lava mm-hmm. Tower. Yep, that was one. Yeah. So on that one, usually... Uh, if you take neurofin, ibuprofenol, ibuprofenol, ibuprofen, um, it would work. But this one time, it just no, I was I was really bad. So I took one the night of the peak, and they seemed to help um, because I was uh, I was first at the peak. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, he was right. planning it because <laughs> I remember when we're going up, right? Like. There was no urgency, but I remember that last kilometer, right? He just went, nah, fuck. He just fucked off. <laughs> like, <laughs> I remember the guides were with us and he was just like, you know, always waiting for us just like a kilometer away. Yeah. Um, but to uh, Kev and uh, Michael's credit, they didn't need any Dymox, any additional substance um, to yeah. go, to go up the had- mountain. We've had enough substances in our life. To- <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's what we learned, right? Because every night we would listen, we would hear there was actually a fourth tent, you know? There was a fourth tent that was close to us, which had a really uh, distinct smell that, um, that uh, the other two guys uh, were grassy. <laughs> that they were very familiar with. So I think we came to the conclusion that. If you were experienced with um, hot boxing, <laughs> hot, <laughs> hot boxing, <laughs> and you just had the stamina, like the you had the circulation, yeah. <laughs> you had the right like breathing technique, yeah, to take you to the peak. Local diamox. Mm, yeah, that's what they call. Oh it. yeah, local. That's diamox. what they call it. Local diamox. <laughs> oh. You remember on the peak day how many layers we wore? Four. Oh, thermals, yeah. top and bottom. Thermals, a normal top, um, a fleece jumper, a down jacket, and then an outer layer. Oh, that's five. Five on top. Yeah. And then yeah, well, they did tell us some. Um, yeah, they told us to wear everything that you had. So yeah, basically <laughs> everything. <laughs> Basically, yeah. yeah. It's the first time I had to wear like three pants. I don't think I've ever had to wear three pants ever, ever, yeah. <laughs> anywhere. And taking a piss was the most difficult thing in life because you had to take three pairs of pants off and you had to make sure that nothing was going to freeze up. Yeah, I was wearing two pairs of socks. 
Speaking of freezing, um, my water pack froze literally halfway up. Oh, uh, yeah, that's right. Oh, yeah, the, the, on the tube, right? Yeah. 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 yeah and same. like throughout the whole trip, they'll be saying, oh, you got to drink a lot of water. You got to keep drinking water, right? So I think that was the only time I was a bit worried because, you know, on the last day, you surely need to keep hydrated. And uh, a bit of context, on the last summit day, we started at 12 a.m. And it's a six-hour hike to get to a peak. So you want to wasn't the actual hike distance like five kilometers? That was it. Yeah, pretty short. Yeah, short, but it was. It's it's very sandy, very very gravel steep. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it was brutal. You go in these tiny zigzags just to go up. Complete darkness, except for all the the trail of head torches of everyone going up as well. And wasn't there like a, a Interim point called Stella Point. Yes. Or the Stella yeah. Point. Yeah. Yeah. The fake so peak. You think like the Stella Point is that light up there, um, super high up, but it keeps moving. So that light was actually somebody else's head talk. <laughs> 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 and so just chasing like a moving target. And yeah. it, it was just really demoralizing um, when you realize that. And I feel like we couldn't have done it yeah. if it was during the day. And we could see, like, where the end was. Yeah, that was their tip to go at night, so you don't know how far away it is, because it's so brutal. But then it was so cold. So cold. Yeah. 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 It was really cold. But then that first time we saw the sun rise, like over the horizon, and we mm. all just like lit up because we had just been in the dark and so cold for so long, <clears throat> knowing that the sun brought light and mm. warmth. That was a pretty amazing feeling. It was. Do you remember when the sun came up? It gave me like, you know when you're on a plane and the sun's setting or like rising? It gave me that feel like you could see the refraction of the sunlight off the atmosphere. Like we were that high. Yeah. It mm. felt like insane. Yeah. yeah, you really did feel like a plane. Um, and it's only when the sunlight comes out that you realize how, how high you are. Mm. It was just incredible. And Also the fact that, yeah, I was basically choking the whole time and couldn't yeah, breathe. Like the, the two strugglers of that climb was uh, Joseph and Morgan. I remember they were, they were both zombies pretty much the, the, the entire <laughs> darkness. <laughs> yeah, 100% mental capacity went into... Walking. <laughs> yeah, I have a feeling you guys micro-slipped every time we stopped. I didn't micro-sleep. Well, you know, it was Joseph. It was like, I think Joseph. you were leaning, leaning on the bag in front of you. Yes, every time we stopped, I just, just dozed off instantly. I think it was probably because I had like two hours sleep or whatever the night before. But <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> oh, no. <laughs> No, I was just sorry. altitude, cold, everything. And, um, yeah, it was already like a massive long trip before that. We've been in Africa like three weeks already. And um, mm. yeah, just that last day, that last push, it was. It just took a toll on me. And Now, they forced us to sleep really early. So it was really hard to sleep, even without yeah, the line. <laughs> I'm getting so much shit for this, but I swear it was so hard to sleep with your snores, Morgs and Richard. <laughs> it was not early me. <laughs> it's the combination. <laughs> yeah. It's Great. called 5.1 surround sound. 
Is it a 3.1? <laughs> 3.1. Yeah. <laughs> it's two stereo speakers plus Leo the subwoofer. <laughs> Do you guys remember the entire sequence when we we're up on the peak? I do. I can replay that in my head, like, so clearly. I, I remember, because you ran ahead first to the ahead. peak. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know what was going through your mind, because I'm pretty sure you were also, like, guideless. Yeah, and I think I you got to the peak of, already. Yeah, so yeah. I think um, everyone was kind of slowing down. And at one point, there was just a big rock on the ground, I remember. There was just some, some big rock on the ground. Mm-hmm. I picked it up. And I was throwing up and down like a baseball, like or just a tennis ball. Mm. And I got some hit of adrenaline. I'm like, damn, I'm so close. So I started like Usain bolting it like to the peak. Really, yeah. really ahead of the really ahead of everyone. I was probably um I'd say five minutes ahead of the the, the guy behind me. And mm. five minutes is a long way because throughout the whole trip, they keep saying pole pole, which mm. is slowly, slowly. And you can see from the video like how slow we actually go. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I I started probably running. No, I, I I remember like we were all pretty much as a group, and then when we got to Stellar Point, like I think it really hit us because I remember um, Joseph was just sitting there on the rock like dead. I remember I was like. I'm not going to make this. And I was having like a little mental breakdown. Like, I'm not going to make it. And then I remember Mumbo was sitting with me and said, like, you can do it. But then we stayed and rested there. And I think then Joseph, Leo, Michael, Kevin, and you started walking forwards and like left without me while like, uh, I think Mumbo was just like, just sitting with me. And then I remember it was like two minutes or something. And then we started walking. And then I remember something took over me where I was like, fuck, I'm already here. There is no way I'm not making it to the top. And I remember I just like went on this power walk mode where I just started walking. And I do remember hearing someone calling out my name as I was like walking past them. But I wasn't paying attention at all at that moment. And I think the the biggest moment was when I was almost at the peak and then Richard was running back and he was looking at me and he was like, oh, bro, we made it. Yeah. I think that was... I had tears. That was the I had tears, man. Yeah. I was crying. Uh, I got to the peak and I was like running back, helping everyone um, get to the peak. And um, yeah, every time I came back for someone's, oh, new tears, new tears. Yeah. But it's you get to the point where like it's you can't cry because there's not not enough oxygen. Because <laughs> you know when you like sniffle, you like breathe in a bit more. Yeah, not enough oxygen to like do that. So you just let the tears flow, and that that's pretty much it. <laughs> mm. But um, yeah, I was pretty emotional on that last day. Um, I think in order of summiting, it was me and then Morgan, and then Michael, and then. I don't know. Was it Joseph? No, that was last for sure. Were you last? Oh, yeah. maybe it was Kevin, Leo, and then Joseph. No, you make you make a grand appearance in the video. I remember because Richard runs back, and there's this just dude 
who's not even walking. He's just like stumbling onto the peak. Yeah, I was a zombie at that point. I actually don't remember past Stellar Point. So basically, I just my morale was just dead. It was just completely gone. It was all just like mentally just did, had to go there. Didn't, like, there's no other brain function other than just next step, next step. So I don't really recall what happened after that morning, but I just remember crying at the top. And that it was just over emotion. It was so emotional. Do you guys remember what you were thinking as you made the final like few minutes to the top? I think I was um, really happy that we all made it up there. You were so happy, bro. That was... <laughs> you were. I, I think he smiled never left his face. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was yeah. Definitely the first thought was just. We all made it. No, I think it was. I was. It was also like a bit of disbelief because I remember when I saw Richard running back, I was like, I never thought I would actually make it to the top. I thought I had to get like stretched out or something. What were you thinking, Michael? Um, I remember thinking it was crazy seeing glaciers at the top, like seeing ice. <laughs> and I also remember turning to Kevin and I was suffocating. I was like, hey, Kev, this is just like doing nags, man. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, definitely cried at the top as well. Very emotional. Yeah, I couldn't stop crying. Just felt like such an achievement for all of us, like that we actually pulled through. Yeah. Yeah. All of us together after so many days of no shower, being sweaty and dirty, shing in that toilet. Surprisingly, I think the cold makes you feel fresh-ish. So I didn't feel like it was like too dirty, if that makes sense. Like, I didn't feel like I smelled. I don't know if I did. But, Definitely did. <laughs> but we couldn't smell each other's smell. <laughs> yeah. For sure. Yeah, we just, just had too much layers on. You can't really smell each other. <laughs> hmm. Thought the altitude took away my sense of smell, probably. <laughs> yeah, that too. <laughs> but uh, I guess after we summited, um, we had to come down. Right. And that was another adventure. There's a Joseph just disappeared. Um He did the obligatory photo shoot. And then he like <laughs> Left off. My one regret is that I couldn't get a photo just of myself at the top. So I don't oh, have any like mm-hmm. photos of just me with the sign. Because um, my previous profile picture actually on Facebook was Mount Kosciuszko Summit. And I was going to replace that with the Kilimanjaro Summit. But I never got that photo because the guide said, if you don't get off this mountain, you're going to be in real serious trouble. Yeah. So basically, mm. I <laughs> ran down the mountain. Didn't really know what I was doing at that point. And um, I fell over a couple of times, actually. But I had this guy called Eric, who is probably like two oh, meters. Eric. And I uh, just oh, ripped Eric. as hell. He's the guy who carried the toilet up the mountain and he also carried well the shit down the mountain as as well so yeah he he carried me a couple bit of the way down and yeah managed to regain consciousness basically yeah he was our mm. camp manager yeah yeah that's right he was such a beast as well it took us like six hours to get up and then joseph it took you like one hour to get down i think yeah. you were you, you were way ahead of all of us yeah yeah, I think they were worried about Joseph. Yeah, yep. 
Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Going down is because the gravel and sand is so loose. It's literally like you're skiing. And these, and I remember Snoop Dogg, he was just, he was like using those poles, like ski poles. Oh, yeah. He was ridiculous. My yeah, was, legs were We were following the whole him. Time. And he was like, oh, do you guys need to stop and stuff? And we we're like, no, 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 just we'll, we'll, we'll catch up. And he's just skiing down. <laughs> we're trying to run after him. It's crazy. Yeah. Because um, you gave him your poles, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, um, I can't carry him anymore. You, you can take him. And he's like, all right, off I go. <laughs> <laughs> he was just an absolute behind. He was like, oh, you guys can catch up. Fine. And he also took Morgan's bag. He took my bag. Yeah, <laughs> that was a that was that was that a, was a scenario. <laughs> um, um, we figured out why he was rushing down so fast later. <laughs> oh, how come? <laughs> <laughs> it was because he was missing his local dive box. <laughs> yeah, yeah that, that was a problem because me and Kevin were following him, and you three were behind, but we had your bag, Morgan. Yeah. And then you had your puffer in your bag. That's mm. right. You did your puffer. No, so you were already I've, like half an hour ahead or something. It was- yeah, you were like half an hour. I'd say like maybe 20 minutes. Yeah. And I feel like the descent was like heavy on the knees. Yeah. So like that slide down, ooh, yeah, that walk down with a bit of sliding was actually like pretty painful and i do i think i was having like a little bit of a mild asthma attack on the way down just because of the altitude and the lack of oxygen and so the puffer was in their bag and we were going down like way slower than they were like we were definitely not skiing we were like walking um and I remember, I think it was, I'd say like 30 minutes in. Was it 30, Rich? Yeah. Yeah. So I think it was like 30 minutes in and we were walking and I was like, oh boy, we had to like rest every 15 minutes. And I was like, something's probably wrong because I've never had an asthma attack in my life. I just have a puffer for like exercise induced asthma. So what, what was his name again? Was it Michael? Michael. My yeah, yeah, the porter was with us. Fucking legend. He was like, oh, so what do you need? And I was like, oh, I've got like my puffer in here. And he goes, no worries. He fucking sprints down the mountain. Like, I reckon he's faster than uh, Snoop Dogg. Yeah, he had to because he went catch up. He had a more noble yeah. purpose. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Uh, but yeah, so he sprinted down and then I'd say like no kidding because I think they were like 20 minutes ahead. He came back running back up to us in like 20 minutes. So he probably spent like five going down, 15 back up or whatever. And he brought my puffer plus he brought like extra water for us. Do you remember? Because yeah. all of our packs were fucked and the only water we had was like in the bottles that like we could drink. Yep. yep. Yeah. It was amazing. It was amazing. It saved my life. Yeah. That was an amazing run. Honestly. I don't know. Nice. It does it. And the porters. Yeah. We found out on the first day 
that it was going to take us eight days to go up and down. And like Snoop Dogg, his fastest time was like eight hours up and down yeah. at the bottom. <laughs> like, part of the hike is um the bar- Barranco Wall, which is like, I think it's close to 2,000 meter high. No, sorry, 200 meter high. Is it 200 meter high wall? Um, I think, yeah, the difference is 200. Yeah, and ha- have to like climb that within probably less than an hour made absolutely no sense to me. It was basically Wait, like a vertical that... wall that you rock climb. But is that path just part of our, because we took the Lamosho path? Ah, yeah, you're probably right. You probably took the, um, the Porter Express he... route. Yeah, exactly. I take the path called the Umwe <laughs> path, which is a four-day hike if you want to, like, if you're on a tight budget and you only want to spend a couple of days on the mountain, you do the Umwe um, trek. Mm. But it's like, like it is at four like, days. Yep, four days up and down. But it's like if you have like four lungs or something, and have like you've climbed you every four lungs. Yeah, lost. But yeah, after that, it was pretty uneventful. Right, we were just happy to have survived it, and then we were just wishing to come back down to a hot shower. And, oh yeah, um, that that's what drove me to come down the mountain. Mm, the shower. Oh, that was like. Remember, the rainforest part, um, so the, basically the Kilimanjaro has like lots of different climates. The Fire. lowest is the rainforest. The second lowest, I think, is probably like the prairies. The third is probably yeah. like a bit of boulder rocks. And then the top is like gravel and glacier and all that. So the lowest, when we got down to the lowest again, and we were climbing down, we're basically like doing what Michael would have done on the gravel. Like basically skidding down all these mud stairs, and it was so freaking dangerous. I I could not believe that we survived that. It was honestly one of the most dangerous ways to get down. And we were mountain. running. We were basically running, and like you slip, you will slip every few steps because it's it's so muddy and so like so dangerous. Um, we're going very fast, yeah. Hmm. And we caught up with these guys. Um, I remember because we have footage uh, where. Kevin uh, got to try some of the uh, local Dymox. And, um, oh, was it the group of porters? Yeah, they were resting. The porters, they were just resting. <laughs> yeah. And on the way up, they were just having yeah. a very happy time. So Kevin wanted to join in. So that was the, that was the first taste of life for Kev. Do you have that footage? I yeah. Puff. yeah. Mm. <laughs> but back at the hotel, that was, a, that was, a, that was great because. Uh, we we all got showered. We all got ready, but um, I can't remember why. But Kevin Ma was pretty dead. It's because we had beers. Well, we oh, all made a resolution yeah. to like have a beer at the bar. Oh and yeah, we didn't yeah, yeah. eat anything because dinner wasn't for like another two hours or something. I think I was oh, yeah. Yeah. dehydrated as well. Yeah, um, dehydrated, and you had like four or five beers. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, because we just sat there, just like yeah. chugging beers at the bar. I remember. Kilimanjaro beers, like that. Yeah, oh, that was the brand. Yeah. And we did oh, have an good. arrangement with um, Snoop Dogg, right? Yeah, <laughs> it was really in his D and G jacket. Yeah, it was pretty shocking. Yeah, it uh, was the, uh, what do you call it? Like post mountain uh, experience, like <laughs> service, post mountain service. 
He truly delivered. Yeah. <laughs> On time. <laughs> In style. Yeah. It was a lot of local time box though. It was a lot. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I just remember that one where he just goes around the corner and um <laughs> did one of us take a photo? It looked like there was some alleyway yeah, arrangement. Yeah, yeah, we do have that photo somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, he's just on it with his DNG jacket. That's just so memorable. Um, another memorable thing was at dinner where Leah just really liked watermelon. And <laughs> <laughs> this was after their little bench in the room. And um, it was all you can eat, sort of like self serve. Yeah, it was a buffet. Yeah, and they they had to keep replenishing the watermelon because it was just going really quickly. So we had to get a lot of watermelon just so, <laughs> so we could have it. Right, um, it was in high demand. <laughs> wasn't it? Wasn't it because um, water was costly, and we were just buying alcohol, and so like for a source of water. We were just like chugging watermelons. It was also instead. just delicious. Yeah, it was delicious. Oh, yeah, true. I love that watermelon. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> what do you remember, Joseph? <laughs> so basically, there's this place where you can get some watermelon on in the bar, and it's at the end of the line. And uh, what I remember was Leo um, going over to get some watermelon, but when he would put it on his plate, it would just fall straight off. So he would try to pick it up, put it back on his plate. And this happened about three, four times. It just fall, kept falling off the plate. And he finally got it. And when he walked over to the table, it fell off the plate again on the table. So I had to go back and over to go and get the watermelon again. And maybe that was one of the reasons why I had to keep replenishing the watermelon. But either way, it was delicious. <laughs> I, I got us so close to the table, right? Um, I had a really high stack, probably like at least 10, 12 nah, times. that's an exaggeration. No, I had, I had, I had quite a lot there. Yeah, yeah, at least 10. Um, and I nearly got there, and then I lost my balance again. I just like slide off and everything <laughs> just on the ground, <laughs> right under the table. <laughs> and the whole restaurant was looking at you? No. Yeah, the chef was like really pissed, I could tell. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, hey, how did the guy do it? <laughs> Yeah, that was the end of that was pretty much the end of our trip uh, for Morgan, Leo, Joseph, and I. But uh, Michael and Kev partied on. Um, Michael had another adventure in Cape Town, which was pretty crazy. I mean, Kevin and I had an adventure the next day. Like we had to wake up early, even after our uh, local Diamox night the day before, <laughs> and we get on this plane that has like the propellers at the front <laughs> and it, and not only were we on that plane inside it looked like it was falling apart a little bit and that plane had to make a stop like a train does like just in the middle of like do, do you remember what that island was they had a layover in uh yeah something like yeah because we had decided to fly to Cape Town in one day, which meant like squashing three flights yeah. into one day. So it was so crazy. By the time we got to the hotel, I think it was like 12, 1 a.m. or something. Do you remember? Yeah, it was pretty late. <laughs> and lucky I had 
got an extra bed in the hotel room. So we had two beds. It was pretty good. Nice shower again. And then, yeah, in the morning, I woke up to run the Cape Town Marathon. And that's why we had rushed to get to Cape Town. It was like 4 a.m. I woke up to walk over to the start line. And then, yeah, the race started at like 6 a.m. It was pretty good. Ladies and gentlemen. Uh Uh-huh. After climbing 60 kilometers worth of mountains, you have one accelerated day of rest with local Diamox and you go run another 42 kilometers. Yeah, but Cape Town is such a beautiful city and all the people are really lovely. They they came out to watch. They were giving out free potatoes and oranges for the runners. It was really P- nice. Potatoes? Yeah, potatoes like for carbs. Like it was pretty a actual potato. Yeah, it was like a boiled potato or like a r- baked potato or something. Huh. It's pretty good. Does that help you to run? Does it give you stitches? Um, depends how much you eat. I had like half a spud. Like they had it in halves. It was pretty good. I huh. thought it was all right. the The worst part, what though, was not the race, but after the race, I had I walked to the hotel to find Kevin Mark because my phone had no reception. <laughs> and then I find Kevin Martin. He's like, oh, yeah, let's go out for lunch. And we walk to a restaurant that was where the finish line was. And I'm like, I'm ready to <laughs> <laughs> Just, why'd you do this? <laughs> uh, yeah. Was it worth it yeah, to go to the restaurant? Was it a good one? Was the food that good? It was pretty good. They had a burger <laughs> called the Plain Jane. So it was perfect. <laughs> <laughs> For context, uh, Michael, your girlfriend's name is Jane. Yes. <laughs> I haven't mentioned yep. that before then, yeah. <clears throat> what else do you remember Man. from Cape Town, Kevin? Because we got up to a few hijinks. Yeah, I guess the marathon happened and then after we moved to another area of Cape Town. Yeah. And then we checked into a different hotel and then Kevin Wang joined us. Yeah. So there was three of you. Yeah. He actually um, gave us the wrong details on when he was arriving. (laughs) (laughs) How? How? (laughs) We thought that he was going to come. The day after that he came. <laughs> but he sort of arrived that night. So we basically had to like shove him into our hotel room. Yeah, I think he slept on the floor between the beds or something. Yeah. Do you remember going to the shopping center and going to the Nike store and seeing that yes. they had this like uh, <laughs> thing? Yeah, tell, tell us more about that. <laughs> So I went to a Nike store and saw this orange jumpsuit. (laughs) (laughs) And it just stood out. (laughs) So kind of went around and um, thought about it for a bit because I didn't want to make an impulse um, buy (laughs) on a random orange Nike jumpsuit. Which I think costed like a hundred bucks. Yeah, it was a hundred bucks or something like that. And then, um, yeah, went back to it after a while and tried it on. Um, but they didn't have the size that fitted me. Mm, so it was a bit too small. Um, but then we sort of walked around a bit more 
and sat down to eat mm. just like a snack or something like that. And then, um, yeah, I decided to look on my phone and do a bit of online shopping. <laughs> and then I found this orange NASA jumpsuit that was about um, $200 <laughs> <laughs> that had my size. And at that time, it was just more of an impulse decision, but it was a good impulse decision. <laughs> and I bought that jumpsuit. <laughs> It was fun because it, uh, it was a risky buy, like getting something delivered overseas, you know, when you're yeah. traveling. But then, yeah, and we had to go pick it up in like lock this box. random warehouse district yeah. or some shit. <laughs> Which was a fun experience as well. And then, um, yeah, tried on the jumpsuit immediately and <laughs> wore it around town. <laughs> Got compliments from all the cops and shit. <laughs> Actually, um, yeah, um, I had a selfie with a um, cop there. (laughs) (laughs) And everyone was like, oh, NASA, nice. (laughs) But yeah, it was just an all-round fun day in my orange NASA jumpsuit. (laughs) That's so lit. I want one. Yeah. <laughs> 200 bucks in Cape Town. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely was. Surprised you guys actually went online shopping. Yeah. You really yeah. wanted that orange jumpsuit. <laughs> yeah. It was just Honestly, uh, it's a it's a fantastic jumpsuit. Like I'd buy it. Yeah. We should all buy it. Wait, just... Don't you have one? <laughs> I'll, I borrowed I borrowed a Michaels. You got one. Yeah, I ended up uh... one as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Or get one and just all yeah, we should all get one. <laughs> <laughs> Was that the end of your trip, Michael? Like after those few days? In- yeah, a few days in Cape Town and then I went to Qatar by myself and on oh, Victoria Falls, which I think you guys forgot to mention you guys were there too beforehand. Mm-hmm. And then yeah, that was it for me. We had a good time in Cape Town. We shot guns. Mm. That was a very interesting experience. First time shooting a shotgun and also an assault rifle. A shotgun? Yeah. In full auto? In full auto. Yeah. Jeez. That was a hectic experience. We were like full rednecks. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and then you went on this safari thing with your best bud, Kevin. Kevin Wang. Yeah. Yeah, tell tell us about that. Yeah, I think honestly... um, I was probably more scared about this than climbing Kilimanjaro. <laughs> Simply because if your car just breaks down in the middle of nowhere or if something breaks off your car, then um, you're kind of stuck in the middle and you're not sure what to do. So um, essentially it was basically we started off in this place called Mound and then um, went through Chobe through over to um, the Zambia-Zimbabwe border where we sort of ended. Yeah, we basically picked up the car in Mount, um, did our supermarket grocery shopping for the whole trip, and this was over eight days. So you had to buy and carry food for eight days? For eight and water. Days, yeah. yeah, water and everything like that. But um, basically what it was, it was like a Hilux. 
and um, they basically just modified it. So it had like a tent on the roof. It had um, cooking equipment. Um, you had gas stoves and then also like tools in case you get stuck and everything like that. And also um, it had its own fridge as well. So it had two batteries, mm. its own fridge, long range tank. So it was definitely equipped for the whole trip. But yeah, preparing for the um, for the actual trip was a little bit stressful because obviously we we both had never had done something like this before. And even just buying stuff, um, I remember going to the first campsite. We um, met these Canadian people and um, they were telling us about like their experience and everything like that because this was like their... It was like the second time um, coming back to Safari. So they already had done it previously. Mm. And um, they were sort of telling us about like how much like water we needed and um, the firewood and everything like that. And we kind of realized that um, we didn't actually have enough supplies. <laughs> <laughs> but um, this was the first camp and the first camp was like, relatively close to the um town still so in the next morning what we decided to do was we headed back into town resupplied ourselves with more stuff yeah and then headed back out again over to our lucky campsite mm-hmm. lucky you guys yeah. the canadians so yeah it was definitely good to um have a chat to other people who had more experience because um they definitely um saved our lives i would say <laughs> <laughs> and then um yeah basically off we went into the bush to try and spot some animals at our first i would say in a sense official campsite that was away from town um we had a bit of a moment where we uh, didn't know where our lighter was <laughs> oh no <laughs> that was a really stressful moment <laughs> because um we were looking everywhere and we couldn't find the lighter um, one of the things about, um, having a fire in the middle of the bush is that it keeps you warm and then it also keeps, um, any wild animals at bay. Oh, and yeah. with that first camp, we were really isolated. There was like no one else at that particular camp, which is like deeper into the, um, national park. But yeah, luckily Kevin Wang managed to, um, find the lighter in his, Jumper pocket. All the way. Classic. Classic thing. Because <laughs> otherwise, we weren't sure about how to even um, start a fire and everything like that. Because even our propane tanks with the gas, that mm. relied on a lighter as well. To start it up. You start mm. it up, yeah. So. Raw bacon time. Yeah, we weren't sure if we had to like rub sticks together or something. Like <laughs> Get a flit and steel. Yeah, you guys had a lot of. I remember you guys said you had a lot of eggs, so you're eating eggs for the pretty much the entirety yeah. of your trip. Pretty much, but like eggs, raw was, eggs, um, our staple for our breakfast. I would say. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Yeah. How did you guys navigate the safari? Like, do you guys have like a GPS or like a map? Yeah. So um, we had bought a map as well so it was Mm. like one of those big maps that sort of showed you all the roads and everything like that but 
what we found was that um, it didn't actually have all the maps in it. So it wasn't complete. Like there was like a lot of different trails and routes and stuff like that that weren't actually marked. But um, Kevin Wang had um, also like a compass on his phone. Mm. So um, we used that to sort of like direct ourselves um, approximately in the direction that we're supposed to be heading. And yeah, we got lost a few times. <laughs> mm. But eventually we sort of made it onto like the main track and was able to sort of find our way. Mm. That's amazing. Orienteering skills right there. Yeah. Manual, full <laughs> manual. Yeah. But how do you know like where the track was like as in because when we went safaris sometimes i swear to god our drivers were just like driving through grass i guess it's sort of just looking at the ground and seeing if there's too like <laughs> dense in the road but really like the car can go anywhere um, hmm. it's pretty good it's almost like um i would say it's almost like a boat hmm. where it sort of like sails on top of the sand rather than actually mm. drive through it. And mm. that's what we were recommended to drive like. Because um, mm. otherwise, if you get bogged down, then yeah, you just get stuck. <laughs> that's true. Well, how do you refill then? Did you just carry the fuel with you? No. So we didn't actually have to refill the whole way. Eight days. Um, yeah. Basically, what the car has is a long-range tank. Hmm. So it has um, the like the factory fuel tank, but then it also has like another bigger tank that was mm. attached to that. So, like in terms of the fuel, we weren't really um, stressed about it at all, um, especially later in the trip where um, we actually saw more and more people mm. coming closer to the Zambian border. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, so it just seems really hard to find animals if you don't know where they are. So, yeah, props yeah. to you guys for sticking through to it. I think that was the hardest thing because we didn't manage to see any um, big cats, which was kind of sad. Because um, I think that's one of the hardest things to actually find. But we could see leopards, man. Like, yeah, it, it, leopards. They're like even harder to find compared to mm. like lions and stuff like that. But yeah, I guess we saw a lot of like just the herbivores. Mm. Saw a lot of elephants. I think mm. Kobe is very well known for elephants, and we actually had a yeah. really bit of a tense run in with um, a herd of elephants. We went into this area which was quite isolated. We were sort of driving along, but then out of the right comes out this like big elephant. It was sort of like aggressive looking and it sort of like stared us down and it um, made that trumpeting noise that um, elephants make. (laughs) 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 Sort of like warn you that they're there. I'm coming. It was like flat. Yeah, it was flapping its ears and everything like that. And we were like, I was. (laughs) So scary. (laughs) Yeah, and I just stopped dead in the tracks um, and didn't move because I didn't know what this elephant was going to do. You see the um, videos where like the elephants start charging the safari cars and everything like that. <laughs> we really didn't want that to happen. 
but yeah, what we actually found out was like behind this elephant was like a herd of um, heaps of like baby and I think it was like mother elephants as well. And they were just looking to cross the trail and get mm. to the other side. I think there was like some water source or something like that. But mm. um, I think that was like probably the scariest moments because we weren't sure if we were going to get rammed by an <laughs> 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 elephant. <laughs> mm. But yeah, we just stopped and just stayed there, trying to let them know that we weren't a threat. Cool. But other animals, um, we saw like rhinos and stuff like that. It was pretty good. That's pretty good. Rhinos are pretty rare. Mm. Yeah. Hippos. <laughs> Would you guys ever go back on another safari? Not anytime soon, I would say. Yeah, the camping was just soon. a bit too much. Yeah. I mean, you climbed the mountain, you camp eight days, and then you drove and you camped another eight days. <laughs> the whole month of camping. Yeah. I was very glad to return to civilization. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. I think our camping experience was very bearable, though. It was, oh, it was so bearable. Quite bougie. It was like a lot of glamping, good food. Good I wouldn't call it glamping yet. But yeah, very close. Oh, it's glamping. definitely glamping. You don't have to make your own tents, bro. If you don't make your own tents, it's it's glamping. That's true. Yeah. We had walkie-talkies. <laughs> glamping up to the point where you have to ask for your own water, but then it gets hijacked and they don't send you water and send you cold water for a cold shower. That was... Any sing, any sing oh. Tovlo songs. <laughs> 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 Would you guys climb another mountain? Maybe. Uh, sorry, what kind of mountain? You mean like another peak? Big, big ones like Achilles? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, yes. Sometime in my life, I would want to climb another mountain and test out the Arcturix jacket I bought. <laughs> <laughs> Push it to its limit. <laughs> yeah. who, wants to, who wants to come to Antarctica with me? That's yeah, boys. When are you That's going? Books. On the cards. Maybe before I'm 30. Yeah. There's COVID there. Oh, what? Really? Oh, wait. Antarctica. Serious? Yeah, there's COVID cases in the stations at um, Antarctica. Sucks. Really? What the big bummer. Anyway, that's that's probably my last uh, next destination um, in terms of climbing a mountain. But yeah. Mm. The Kilimanjaro is a good, is, is definitely a very good um, starting beginner to get you started mm. into mountain climbing if you really want to pursue that. Mm. Easy. I'd say everyone can probably do it if you have a reasonable level of fitness. Mm. And um, yeah, if you go with a company like Popote, it's it's everything's done for you. So you just have to show up. Absolute legends. I think with Popote as well, we had so many different requests and so many different pieces, different people arriving at different times, different locations. Mm. They were able to get all that information and have a seamless operation start from start to finish. So they are mm. a top, top company to go with and um, <laughs> really yeah. well with the communication even before and after yeah. the trip. Spectacular. Mm. Agreed. Agreed. Legendary guides. Do you guys still remember that phrase? Oh, yeah. Um, Kamandizi Dynafriji. Yeah, poor. Kamandizi. No, it was like Onanfriji. Kachisi. I remember it starts with poor. Yeah, because poor 
is like pork, cool or something, right? Pork cheese, yeah, pork, pork. cheesy dana fiji, like pork cheesy dana common dizzy dana fiji. That's it. yeah, there we go. That's the one as cool as banana in the fridge. Apparently, they teach that to all foreigners that climb the mountain. It's on one of the forums, like things you learn yeah. when you climb Killy, and that's one of the phrases. <laughs> that's like the phrase to use when you meet someone who has climbed Killy. Mm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you can remember that it. phrase, if they don't know that phrase, they're fake. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, like five of us on this chat is fake, except for Leo. <laughs> Mamba Power. Yeah. Anyway, if you want to find out more about the uh, experience, check out my uh, YouTube video on uh, YouTube. Just look up Richard Deng Africa. You'll probably find it. Pretty good video, if I say so myself. Shameless. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I think that's pretty much it from us for this episode. We'll see you guys next time. Yeah. And Merry Christmas, everyone, and Happy New Year. Yeah. Happy New Year. Yeah.